0: Hello Courier Nation, welcome to the Deliver On Your Business podcast where you are the boss. Each week we talk about how to make the most of your business as an independent contractor as a courier delivering for gig economy apps like Grubhub, DoorDash, Postmates, Uber Eats, and so many others. Welcome back, Courier Nation. It is good to be back. It is good to have you back. And it's just good to be doing another episode of the Deliver On Your Business podcast. I'm glad you could join me. Let's dive in here. The first thing that I usually do now the last several weeks has been just talk about some things, you know, some news, whatever's going on before diving into the subject. This week, I want to talk about something that I brought up about, I think it was three episodes ago, that I talked about. I'm thinking of uh, putting together this class. And uh, I'm working on that right now. You'll have to forgive the dogs. The mailman's outside. And uh, I'm on my third take on this already. And so I'm not going to go back and uh, re-record. If If you did hear the dogs in the background, well, bark away, puppies. You get a bark. And I'm going to keep recording here. So anyway, anyway, back to where I was that I'm working on this class right now. It's going to be a 31-day email course. And so everything will be sent out by email. I'm hoping to kind of throw in some videos on some of them, and uh, I want to throw in maybe some homework or something too, some some active steps that you can do. And the idea is 31 days to develop a, a business attitude and 31 days to improve your profits as a delivery professional. And so I still haven't got it all nailed down yet. I'm kind of in process of doing it, and I'm trying to do that and still do content on this and still do deliveries. And, oh, by the way, we're trying to put flooring down in the basement, and I'm not a pro at that. I should be hiring somebody to do that, to be honest. That's an aside. But anyway, you know, so I'm, I'm uh, right now I've got it all kind of outlined and uh, pretty no, much know what I'm going to be doing with it. But I'm still working on a couple of the little pieces as far as how I want to deliver that. Um, I want to do something with a community where we can do get into discussions about that. I'd like to set up a couple of live Q&A sessions as part of it. But then also have some places where you can kind of interact with some of those steps that I want to talk about, some of that homework, different things like that. So we can kind of track how everybody's doing as they go through that, you know. So stay tuned. I'm hoping to get you an official announcement here in the next week, week and a half, something like that. And in and then hopefully have this thing launched by, you know, the... Um, here but within the next two weeks or so. So uh, stay tuned. Uh, We'll put some stuff out as far as, you know, signing up for that and and how you can get into that if you're interested in that. So on to today's topic. Two weeks ago, I talked about what is it like to deliver for Uber Eats. And there was a point in there where I kind of played the little uh, ping, the little ching ching that you get whenever you're getting an order. And nobody tell uh, Mike Biscaglia from the Mike Delivers podcast that I stole that from him. But, you know, I thought about, okay, we're doing DoorDash this week. What is it like to deliver for DoorDash? And I thought, well, I'd play the notification thing from DoorDash. Well, okay, it doesn't work that well. Um, I'm I'm a little nervous about doing that. And I'll tell you why. Here's the thing. With with the DoorDash, you know, they, they don't have kind of their own sound to it. What they do is it kind of kicks off whatever your default notification sound is. But even that, I don't want to do that because I'm I'm a little scared of what happens because what will happen probably is it will start playing that and then it will freeze and it will just keep playing it over and over and over whether you clear it or not. It will just keep playing it and then it's going to kick everything offline because that's what the DoorDash app does when I get an offer from them is it kicks off my podcasts or my streaming stuff or whatever and knocks it offline so it can keep doing this chinging and tinging and chinging and Yeah, we're not going to do that. So anyway, on to this week's topic. What is it like to deliver for DoorDash? I may be giving a, a little bit too much too early. You can probably tell there's some things that drive me nuts about DoorDash. Here's the deal with all of these apps, with all these delivery apps. I love them and I hate them. There's stuff I love about them and there's stuff that drives me nuts. Anyway, I did a series last fall that uh, got into each one of these apps so there was a podcast episode and a blog post about each one about are they a good option for doing delivery and those got into kind of a bigger picture of the app itself and all the different aspects of it and then i wrapped it up with a comparison of those well these last three weeks i've been doing a series but it's more like about what is it like to deliver for them and not so much getting into some of the big picture. some of the stuff is probably repetition from those episodes back in the fall And some of the stuff is, what I wanted to do this time around, though, was more experiential. So two weeks ago, I did Uber, Uber Eats. That was episode 80. In episode 81, last week, we did Grubhub. And this week, episode 82, we are on what is it like to deliver with DoorDash? So like with all the other episodes that I did, we'll talk about things like, you know, we'll start off with what it's like just getting started, getting signed up with them. In case you have not delivered with with DoorDash, maybe you're brand new and haven't delivered with anybody or you have uh, signed up with somebody else, and with DoorDash, you just go to their website, you sign up, you fill out your information, and they're going to run a background check. So with DoorDash, you know, the... the Requirements are pretty simple. Uh, you've got to be 18 years old. Uh, you've got to have a way to get around. You know, it's either car or you can do it with bike. Uh, they've got a bicycle mode and uh, scooter mode, things like that. Uh, you've got to have a driver's license with uh, if you're driving. You know, wh- with at least one year of driving experience, and you've got to have insurance with your name on the policy. And uh, basically, what's going to happen is you sign up and you've got to pass a background check. And if they don't find any issues on your background check, you're good to go. Now, like a lot of companies, when you sign up, sometimes you're better off signing up with a referral link because uh, they'll give you a little bonus. Uh, right now, I'll put a link in the show notes with my referral link. Uh, you can click on that and sign up through that. And what'll happen is it'll pop up and it'll tell you what the bonus is if there is one. It'll say, you know, you've been referred by Ronald Walter. You can make $50 extra if you've completed 220 deliveries by September 26th. That's what it says today if you click on my link. And so... You know, it's pretty simple. It's, it's kind of like I wish that I had signed up through a referral link because that would have been some extra money. I would have delivered enough to do that. You know, there's a big question. Is that, you know, is it worth chasing that link? It just depends on how much you plan on delivering. Because here's the deal, $220 or 220 deliveries, that is, you know, that's that's probably if you're just getting started, uh, you're probably looking at 100 to 120 hours worth of delivery time. And are you willing to put $100 to $120 delivery time into that? And is it worth doing that for $50? You know, if if you're going to be really stretching it, if you're going to really be busting your butt, I'm not sure it's worth it. Because you know what? $220, or I'm sorry, 220 deliveries for $50, bucks, that's $0.22 cents extra per delivery. I know, I probably shouldn't talk you out of it or whatever. It's like, if you're going to go out and you're going to do the deliveries and you're going to deliver enough, yeah, hey, that's a great deal. You know, it's it's 50 bucks extra is 50 bucks extra. But you probably get a feel for how I feel about DoorDash and some of the incentives they offer. And this is kind of right up there. It's like, they make it look like an awful lot. And and when you break it down, it's like, yeah, they're really not giving you that much. But still, 50 bucks extra. And it's really up to you whether or not it makes sense to chase that. To me, it's it's more about you want to get on with DoorDash because I think you want to get on with all of these apps or to at least get on with two or three of them uh, just because you have some options, you know. And whether or not DoorDash ever becomes your main option, for a lot of people, they are. Uh, for me, they're kind of my number three. You know, that's, that's where they stand with me right now. Things change. But anyway, you get signed up you pass the background check and a lot of times you know within 24 or 48 hours all of that sometimes it takes a little bit longer especially when they're really flooded with people signing up and, and in the middle of the pandemic and maybe right now as as that $600 a week expires off of the uh, uh federal extra unemployment you know you're probably going to start seeing a lot of people starting to sign up with DoorDash so you just got to decide, does it make sense or whatever? And and you do your sign up either through a referral link. If you want to, you're certainly welcome to use mine. I do sometimes receive some money depending on which market you're in if you complete all those deliveries. But uh, either way, you know whether or not you go after those $220 deliveries within that time frame, that's up to you. The other part of that is that the one thing you got to be aware of with DoorDash is sometimes they take their time getting you onboarded. Sometimes it can be two to three weeks before you're actually able to do your first delivery. And that 220 deliveries that you've got to do, the clock's already ticking on that. They start with the moment you start the sign-up process, not the time you start delivering. So now all of a sudden, instead of having 60 days, you might be at 40 days, something like that. So you know, and and then, you know, and if you're down to five weeks or six weeks, then all of a sudden, 100 and some hours might not fit for you. You just got to kind of be aware of that. Uh, most of the time, I hear a lot of people really trying to push you into signing up for that referral thing, but they don't get into, what does it really mean? So that's what I wanted to cover there. When I signed up, I had to go drive to a Starbucks clear across town and do an orientation. And in that orientation, it was basically, oh, here's your bag. And here's a payment card that you can use. Let's just make sure that that hooked up on your phone. And I'm like, I just drove 45 minutes for this. You could have sent it to me, you know. Since then, I think DoorDash has figured that out more that they could just send it to you. They haven't been doing in-person, especially with the pandemic, they haven't been doing as much in-person orientation. But they send you your bag, they send you your payment card, and, and away you go. Either way, once you get started, now you can go out and do deliveries. With DoorDash, it's a matter of you, you get logged in, but it's it's maybe a little more involved. There's there's a couple of other apps you can just kind of click a go button and then you start getting orders. With DoorDash, you kind of have to get onto a a, a scheduled slot. You have to log into a particular time and a particular zone. Um, what happens is DoorDash breaks your city down into smaller zones, and so you go to a particular zone and you can either schedule ahead of time and then you go to that zone uh, for that particular zone, like, you know, downtown or, you know, a particular suburb or something like that. And it's all kind of clearly marked out what the boundaries are and everything. So you schedule yourself or you go into that zone and if there are available slots, then you can click on a button that says dash now. And with that dash now, you once you click on that and it'll ask you, how long do you want to stay on here? And so you click your end time. And uh, sometimes it'll only give you like a half hour to an hour. And sometimes you could say, I'm going to be here all day. And so you kind of, you, you set your schedule that way. What happens is basically you're, you have to be on a schedule with DoorDash. Um, the Dash Now is kind of a workaround to make it sound a little bit like some of the other apps, but it's, you're still going to be on a schedule. You know, you're still, what, what happens is when Dash Now is available, that means that you know, what what they've done is they've broken down each zone and they've got a feel for how many people they're going to need at whatever time of the day in each of those zones. And so the whole idea of scheduling is you can reserve a spot, one of those spots there. It's kind of like you got a slot for each person. You can reserve that by scheduling, or if all of those spots are not taken up, then you can click on Dash Now. You go and you log in and you get a map, and I'll have a, a screenshot of a map uh, up on uh, the associated blog post here. If you go to entrecourier.com slash 82, you can see the screenshot. And um, it'll show you the different zones. And some of them show up as pink and some of them show up as gray. If it's pink or a darker color of pink or a red, um, that means that you can start delivering right away, right there. If it is gray, you can't get on there's an exception, but normally you can't get on. So that's, that's kind of what it is. You know, you got to find your zone. You got to find a place that's available. So it's a little harder with DoorDash to kind of just go somewhere and just jump in and deliver. It's a little more involved, but you, you grab your schedule slot and you log in and away you go. The other screenshot that you'll see right after that uh, map screen is kind of more the scheduling and that is what you can do is you can click on schedule and you could do this a couple days ahead of time. You could do it in the morning. You could do it right when you're getting ready to start. Just kind of depends on what's available. And then you can scroll through and you can see what time slots are available for each zone. And so I'll show you a screenshot of that as well. So you get an idea of what that scheduling is like. But, you know, whether or not you schedule ahead of time or you just dash now, you get in, you grab your slot and, and now you're ready to take orders. And so we'll talk about those delivery offers that come from DoorDash. The beautiful thing with DoorDash is they give you so much more information than just about anybody else. Uber Eats is kind of caught up with them, but there's some stuff that uh, DoorDash does. It's just fantastic you get just like everybody else you'll get your your chime or your notification sound and uh their app drives me crazy i don't know if it's just on android i don't know if it does this on the iphone but i know on the on on the on the android it's like it it freezes the notification sound that default notification sound it'll just play that and chime that over and over and over until you do something and sometimes even when you do something it keeps doing that and i've had times i've had to shut my phone off and, and reboot it. Uh, there are a lot of glitches with uh, with Grubhub's app. We'll get into those a little bit more. But anyway, you get the sound that says, "Hey, you've got a delivery offer." They'll send you a text. Sometimes those texts run a little bit behind. You know, you get an offer, and ten minutes later, you get the text. So, but you know, they, they kind of send you notifications to let you know, "Hey, you've got this offer." You pull up the offer, and and there's a great amount of information, and and they do impress me with what they've done there. You have a map just like everybody else, but I think. I, I seriously think that the, uh, um, the color scheme that they use stands out maybe even better than Uber Eats does. And, and so you can tell very clearly where the restaurant is and where the customer is on the map. And then they will tell you that, you know, they'll give you the name of the restaurant. They will tell you how many items are on the order. They will tell you how many miles you will have to drive to complete that. That includes your miles to the restaurant and then from the restaurant to, it doesn't break those down, but it's like those total miles from where you start by the time you get to the restaurant and then you get to the customer, it's going to take you, you know, 2.9 miles or whatever. I'll have a screenshot of an offer there so you can look at that and see what's on there. It'll give you a price. And it'll say under the price. It says, you know, the seven dollars. Let's say on on the screenshot that I've got. It says includes DoorDash pay and customer tip. And then parentheses below that it says total may be higher. We'll get into that in a moment. It also will tell you the deliver by time. It'll say deliver by six eleven p.m. Now, one thing that DoorDash has that nobody else has, if you're on Android, is something called the floating widget. And that's like another program or something like that that if, you can, if you're not in the app, you can click on that widget and, uh, it, or just click on a little icon there. And what it will do is it'll give you two different things of information. Uh, one of those is it will tell you um, the address of the customer and uh, instead of just a map you can actually pull up the address. The other thing you can do is you can tap on a little button in that and it'll tell you the stuff that is in the menu item or on the order. So you can see right away what you're going to be delivering and that can be helpful information in some situations when you're trying to make a decision. So I think DoorDash probably does as good a job as anybody, maybe the best job of anybody, Uber Eats has gotten real close. They do a couple things that DoorDash doesn't do, but they try and give you the information that you need to make a decision on whether or not the order is worth taking. Now, now, when it comes to deciding what orders you should take and which ones you should reject, there are a lot of different theories, a lot of different ideas about that. Kind of a common one, and I think it's because they tell you how many miles you're going. A common one with a lot of people in DoorDash is, well, it's got to pay a dollar a mile or better. And here's my opinion on that. A dollar a mile is not enough. It's just not. It's very rarely enough. I go with, uh, I use what I call a 50 cent rule. It's got to pay me 50 cents a minute or better. Uh, because that kind of keeps me on track of what my goals are of trying to get, you know, $30 an hour before my expenses. And so so when you're using that as a rule, it's it's really simple. It really comes down to simple. I double the amount that they say that they're going to pay. And if I can get it done within that many minutes, then, okay, I'll take it. So like uh, the example of the screenshot that's on there is a McDonald's order that is paying $7. So I look at that and I say, can I get that done in 14 minutes? So you double the seven, you get 14. Can I get that done in 14 minutes? If I can get that done in 14 minutes or very close, yeah, I'm going to take that. And if I can't, I pass. And and that's where it really kind of throws things off where I'm turning down $15 deliveries because I'm sure that I can't get it done in 30 minutes. I'm doubling that up because it doesn't meet that 50 cent rule. So, and DoorDash gives you a couple of clues actually of how long a delivery can take. You know, some of it is just out of experience. You know, you you get a feel for how long it takes. When you look at the distance that they tell you, 2.9 miles, that's telling me that usually it's going to be about 10 minutes of driving time. So, you know, there's there's 10 minutes gone out of a 14-minute delivery. Can I get through the restaurant in four minutes? Can I, and, and, oh, by the way, also get it dropped off with the customer in that, that quick amount of time. And so if you want a shortcut with DoorDash, you can just look at how far away that deliver by time is and, and compare that to what time it is. So in the screenshot that I've got there, uh, the order came in at 5.55, and the deliver by time was 6.11. I think that varies by market. I, I hear people in some markets that they say, yeah, that, that deliver time is always a lot later than what it really should be. I'm finding in my market that, boy, you know, I go right to the restaurant, I get the food, I get right to the customer, and I'm real close to that deliver time. So I found that to be pretty accurate where I'm at. It, it really depends on where you are and what your experience is. How reliable is that deliver by time? as far as being kind of a, a, an estimate of when you can be done to try and figure out how long is it going to take you to do that delivery and, and then make your decisions from there. Now, one thing to understand with offers from DoorDash is what you see is not always what you get, but most of the times it is. And this is, this is where I'm talking about that little uh, parentheses that says the total may be higher. Do not chase that carrot. That's my advice. Do not chase that carrot. Do not go after something that you normally would not take solely on the idea that, oh, it might pay higher, because more often than not, it does not. There are times, and this is where I I, I think it is actually an intentional deception by DoorDash, there are times that they do pay more than what they said. Every once in a while, and, and it usually is something that is a very high tip, my experience has always been that it's been on a delivery that already was, you know, a little bit on the higher end. Uh, in fact, it, it is almost always on something that the offer amount is $8.50. That's at least in my market. Some markets are going to be a little bit different. But the thing is, is they like to hide that extra amount sometimes <clears throat> and every once in a while pay you more than what they threw out there and it's all psychological. It is all manipulation. It is all to plant this idea in your mind that when you get a $3 offer, you start thinking, oh, I might get a little bit more. And what I'm going to tell you is most of the time when you chase after something because it might pay more, it's not going to. So don't chase that carrot. You are very, very rarely going to catch it. And it's my rule. I think when it comes to that is I've got to be okay with what they are offering. If that $7 is good enough, then it's good enough. And and then if it pays more, that's awesome. But uh, it does mean that I probably don't do as much with DoorDash. And maybe not as much as I could, but... Uh, um, you know, there, there's too many times where you chase that carrot and you end up with a $3 payoff because that's what they told you you're going to get. You know, so that's that's the one thing that sometimes is kind of that little guessing game with DoorDash when it comes to getting paid. Let's talk about getting paid. Let's talk about that pay model with DoorDash because with DoorDash, there's no pay model. There is no pay model. Now, DoorDash is going to tell you that they what they do is they offer, there's, there's a base pay, you know, there's your delivery pay, and then there's a customer tip. And it's those two things. And sometimes an incentive or, or uh, what they call peak pay that they'll add to that. But most of the time it's 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 what DoorDash is paying you and then the customer tip. And that's what you will get. DoorDash will tell you that they calculate that DoorDash delivery fee based on distance and time. And DoorDash is lying. They are flat out lying to you. I I, I can tell you that because I have seen way too many... $2 orders that um, you know, they give you a $2 offer and you're going eight miles. You know, there is no way in hell that you can calculate time and distance into an eight mile delivery and come up with $2. Um, you know, that what, what that tells you is that whatever they come up with, the, with for the delivery fee is arbitrary. It is whatever they feel like they can get away with paying. And if if they can get by with $2 or $3 and they think somebody will take it at that, they'll offer it for that. If they're having trouble getting deliveries taken, then they might make it 4 or $5, especially if the customer hasn't tipped. So there's no model. It's really, it's kind of more of this, you know, whatever their algorithm says is, hey, what is it going to take to get somebody to take this delivery? And so the thing is, is you get a choice to accept or reject it. And, um, You know, and and so there's there's kind of a cat and mouse between couriers and DoorDash about this whole thing, about getting those deliveries accepted. But what I have found with DoorDash is that it seems like anything above $4 for the delivery fee is rare, even on long deliveries. It just, that's my experience anyway. Now, maybe part of that is because I won't chase those long deliveries because of my 50 cent rule, you know. DoorDash will throw out some incentives, and sometimes they're really good, and sometimes it's more deception. You know, and I've told you, I've not, I don't trust DoorDash. How do I know that DoorDash is lying? Their lips are moving. That's how I know. Anyway, DoorDash, I will say that they are probably one of the best apps out there at, if they really need people out there, they'll pay for it. You know, if things are really busy, the weather's bad, uh, there are other things that are just kind of making it hard for them to get things, they will bump up what they call peak pay. You know, and 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 I've I've made as much as twelve dollars extra per delivery, and sometimes when it's at twelve dollars per delivery, and I am just you know, the, I'm I'm driving all over the place because it's just like order after order after order because they're just that busy, and so with that peak pay, you know what they do is, and and a lot of times they kind of schedule it ahead of times, and usually when they do that, it's maybe one or two dollars that they'll add on to the order. And sometimes it's responsive, it's based on weather, it's based on um, circumstances around there that might be getting in the way with getting food delivered or something like that. And, and so that's one good thing that, you know what, when things are really busy, a lot of times DoorDash is the best place to go deliver. And there are other times where they'll throw out 5 or $6 peak pay, and I will stay away from that particular zone, because what, what they've done is they created a vacuum, they throw out, let's say downtown is $6, everywhere around there is $2. So all the drivers are flocking into downtown to get that $6 peak pay. And what they've done is they've created a vacuum in these other zones. And so I'm not getting as much per delivery, but I'm not waiting for deliveries either in the neighboring zone. So, you know, you kind of play that game uh, by watching the peak pay and uh, deciding where you're going to get the best offers and where you're going to stay busy. One area where DoorDash can be really deceptive is some of the guarantees that they offer. They'll throw out an offer where they say, go do 150 deliveries, and you can earn as much as $1,000. So people think they're getting a $1,000 bonus. They go out and they complete their 150 deliveries, and it's like, where's my money? There is no money because in those 150 deliveries, they made more than $1,000 already. All DoorDash is saying when they do that is they're saying, If you don't make at least $1,000 in those 150 deliveries, we'll make up the difference. It's not a bonus. And and they know, I I guarantee that they know that people are thinking that that's a bonus. And they're not setting the record straight because if people think it's a bonus, they go after it and they don't care. That's my opinion. Anyway, I think they're intentionally deceptive that way. The thing is, is when you get offers from any of these companies, you got to read them like a lawyer. Because they're written by lawyers, you know, and every word matters. And when it says at least, you gotta understand that at least does not mean bonus. When you get a promise from DoorDash, read it carefully. They won't outlight law, outright lie, but they can sure spin it to make it look like something that it's not, and they will do it. You know, so how many times do people fall for that though? You know, and, and I think that's it's a stupid thing if you're playing the long game because it's like the boy who cried wolf. How many times do you promise something or you make it look like you're promising something? And then you say, yeah, but look at how I said that. I didn't say it that I didn't say that we're giving you this bonus. And after a while, people quit believing and they quit doing anything, you know? So I think that's the kind of thing that can backfire. Anyway, how does the pay with DoorDash stack up? And I think the answer to that is going to be based on where you are, how busy the different apps are. There's some places DoorDash might be the best game in town. Um, in my area, and based on the way that I do things, DoorDash is number three right now. And they might be number four if I wasn't stuck on not doing Postmates. I've got a grudge right now with Postmates. But out of the three that I deliver, DoorDash right now is, is, has been at the bottom. But here's something that I will say. And that is that a year ago, there is no way, there is no way I would have believed you if you told me that Uber Eats was the one that I'm doing most of my deliveries with. And right now, they are far and away the dominant moneymaker for me right now. So things can change, you know. Everybody kind of changes. Some things get better. Some things get worse. And uh, let me put it this way. Uh, I went a couple days ago and... I had 17 offers in a row that I rejected all of them. I told you about my 50 cent rule, you know, I recorded each one of those and I went back and I looked at each one and I kind of estimated how many minutes do I think this delivery is going to take. Not a single one of those deliveries came anywhere close to 50. I did, there was one that came in at about 43 cents a minute, I think is what I estimated, you know, and uh, only one delivery out of those 17 was paying more than nine dollars. And the way that those uh, just looking at those deliveries, um, maybe two of those had might have had an extra pay beyond that. Maybe, you know, it's again, it's a guessing game there. And then, you know, out of those 17 deliveries, seven of those seven out of 17 were 11 miles or more total driving. You know, and it was just it was all like you just ridiculous offer after ridiculous offer. And that's the thing that I think is just. My experience has been DoorDash has been kind of the worst at right now at uh, at what their payouts are. I can go out and I can average $30 an hour right now on Grubhub and Uber Eats. And, uh, and with DoorDash, I can't even get a single delivery that's $30 an hour. So, you know, that that's, that's the thing that is uh, what stands out to me. Now, how much of that is because of me? How much of that is because of what I'm doing? And maybe maybe, maybe, maybe part of it is I don't get as good an offer because I reject so many offers. You know, DoorDash kind of dangles that idea out there. They don't flat out say it. So it's possible. But, uh, you know, does that make it worth chasing some of these other offers? I'll get into that a little more because I'm going to talk about something called Top Dasher. What I will tell you is that the one good thing with DoorDash is offers are steady. I think I see fewer gaps in between offers with DoorDash. And in fact, sometimes with DoorDash, it can be just rapid fire. You turn one down and right away. You got another one, turn that down, and, and it could be five, six, seven deliveries right in a row. And uh, and usually when it's just that quick and it's just like boom, 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 you're likely to find something good. So, so that's a good thing with DoorDash and stuff like that. You throw out a few extra thoughts on DoorDash, just off the top of my mind, and let's talk about that top dasher that I just mentioned. DoorDash has a thing that they call top dasher status, and it gives you these perks that if you meet these criteria at the end of the month, you could be top dasher for the next month. And to achieve top dasher status right now, I think it's that you got to have, uh, you've got to accept- be at a seventy percent acceptance rate by the end of the month. completion rate, and you have to have had 100 deliveries for the month and at least 200 deliveries lifetime. And I will probably never be top dasher as long as those are the criteria. I I just won't. And I don't have a problem with the 95% completion rate. You know what? If you're paying attention to the deliveries, you shouldn't be accepting something that you're going to unassign. And that's what completion rate is all about. If you accept something and then you decide to cancel out of that, you know, that goes against your completion rate. And sometimes you get one where the restaurant is just going to be a ridiculous wait that you hadn't anticipated that would be. Sometimes you just get those circumstances and you decide not to do it. 70% acceptance rate, though, to me, that's a big problem. I mean, you know what? If there are 17 orders in a row that I'm not going to take, you can guess that I'm not going to be at 70% acceptance rate. So if you meet all of that, your main perk is that then you can go in and you can dash now at any time whether or not there's a schedule slot available at any location, any zone, wherever you want. So basically, you can log in, log out wherever you are without any problem. And that kind of makes it more like Uber Eats and Postmates, you know. That is, to me, that's a substantial benefit. But the question you've got to ask is, is it worth it? And like I said, I put, a, I put an article where I talked in more depth about whether Top Dasher is worth it. To me, the loss of pay that comes with taking 70% of the offers, uh, it's not even close to being worth it. It just, it just isn't. And even if that means that I can't get on a schedule because everything is all booked up, the fact that all the other apps are paying so much better than what I would get make at that 70% acceptance rate says it's not worth it to me. You might be in an area where it's a different story. So, you know, you got to kind of make those decisions. A couple other thoughts real quick. The smaller zones. Um, There's some things I like about it and there's some things I don't. Um, The zones are smaller, um, so you log into a smaller area. And that can be a blessing and a curse. At least in theory it can be a blessing. I'm not sure it really is. I know a lot of people will tell me they like that about the smaller zones because it means you've got a lot less driving. Like I said, when seven out of 17 offers that I had, you know, when I tracked every single one of them, um, when seven out of 17 were 11 miles or more, that's telling me you're not really driving a whole lot less. And, And the problem with that is, let's say you take one of those deliveries. Well, now you've gone several miles outside of your zone. So what happens? You've got to double back. And, uh, so you've got to kind of double back to get back within your zone to get orders. Sometimes you'll get offers outside of that area. It just depends on how busy things are in other areas, or you got to log off your schedule and hope that there's a schedule slot available in the zone you ended up in to be able to dash now in the zone that you just dropped off at. You see what I'm saying there? And so to me, I don't know. I think I find that the smaller zones are far less efficient and, and I just, I don't like it as much. That's me. One other thing I want to bring up is kind of this pressure machine that is DoorDash lately. Um, DoorDash has a way of micromanaging the deliveries. So when you pick up an order, uh, they'll pop up a screen and they want you to check off every menu item. Well, especially these days, you know, the restaurants are, you know, they're doing, you know, no contact or low contact, and they're putting the food in sealed bags. So, in the first place, even before they started doing that, I did not go through the food. I would not go through the food to check off whether stuff is in there because I don't, if I'm doing a delivery, I do not want that delivery person going through my food. I don't know if they've washed their hands. They don't have a food handler's permit, any of that stuff. I don't want them going through my food and I will not go through somebody else's food, whether or not DoorDash wants me to check off if that food is available. And with more restaurants wanting to set the food out, trying to confirm with the restaurant, hey, is this, 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 and this in there, you know, uh, half the time I'm just marking them off. I'm taking them at their word. The fact that they put the food out there, I'm taking them at their word that it's there. It's on the restaurant. It should be on the restaurant. You know, that's their job to do that. My job is to pick up the food and deliver it. So um, that's, that's one thing. Uh, they'll, they'll kick out a lot of texts. Sometimes they'll say, you don't appear to be heading there. Or uh, are you there at the restaurant yet? Or yeah, just, just a lot of these little things that will pop up like that. And But you know what? I get it. I understand it. Because here's the deal. I think that the reason that Grubhub lost their lead in market share and the reason that they have dropped so far is that the delivery experience has been terrible for their customers. And Grubhub doesn't really push that experience as far as the driver's concerned. There's no reward and there's no consequence for good or bad service with GrubHub. With DoorDash, you know, there's there's a rating system. There are a few more things that they walk you through to try and make sure that the food's there, that uh, you know, that you're getting the food there on time. So, you know, I think they kind of push the envelope a little bit as far as micromanaging, but I think they do a better job at trying to make sure that the delivery experience is good for the customer. The other part of the pressure machine with Grubhub, or I'm sorry, with DoorDash has been, they've been doing a lot of deactivations. Part of that is because I think that they overcontracted during the pandemic, they opened the floodgates and now that things are slowing down, they they've got to thin out the herd. So they've been going back and, uh, They've been deactivating people because their new background check showed something that for some reason wasn't, they didn't pay attention to when they originally ran a background check. Uh, They will deactivate you if you have less than an 80% completion rate. They recently bumped that threshold up from 70%. And they'll deactivate you if you have less than a 4.2 customer satisfaction rating. Both of those things, you know, there's a big enough margin that I'm not worried about those things. I think the problem is, is that DoorDash isn't real good with their statistics. Their app glitches a lot on those metrics. I have been on the exact same on-time ratio and the exact same completion rate for three months now. It hasn't changed at all. That's impossible. When that's based on the last hundred deliveries, that's just impossible, you know? And so there's something that's not quite right there. And when it comes to the customer rating, when the customer can, or when the driver can get blamed for things outside of their control, you know, to me, there's there's a problem. Although 4.2 is like a really low bar. So either one of those, I don't think it's too big of a deal. But the thing is, is I just see a lot of people that they're kind of stressed out by all of these different things and by this threat of deactivation. And so that is, you know, I think sometimes that's part of the experience with DoorDash that it's one of the reasons I've been enjoying it now that Uber Eats has become a viable option because there's, there's a lot more freedom. Last thing I want to bring up, don't forget Door Crash Fridays. Their app sucks. If you've, if you've never delivered for DoorDash, just be ready. It's going to crash on you. And it's going to crash when you need it the most. It will crash usually on a Friday night when things are really busy. And uh, I don't know... I don't know how they say in business when when they crash during their busiest period as often as they do and, and, and such a widespread issue as it is, they've just got problems with that. And they should have redesigned that thing a long time ago, but that's just DoorDash. And so, you know, that's something to be ready for. And there go the dogs again. Final thoughts as I wrap things up. Uh, I did not expect that I would be taking as long on these particular episodes as I would, but uh, I think it's that, you know what? I got so many opinions on all these companies that, that uh, um, this is short compared to the first two takes, okay? <laughs> as things stand right now, I could not do DoorDash as my primary form of earnings. There are some people that's all they do with DoorDash, and they do pretty well, and even in my market, and I give them credit. They're doing something great that I'm not doing right. Um <clears throat> Kind of hard to admit that maybe you're not doing some things right. I don't know. You know, and, and maybe it's just my style doesn't work as well with DoorDash as some other folks do. And but, you know, to me, I I I can't stick with anyone and rely on just one company. I, I think it's I think it's foolish to try it, honestly. But having said that, like I said, when I did the series last fall, I never would have guessed that Uber Eats would be where it was. I was uh, Uber Eats back last fall was about where Postmates is for me right now. So things change. Sometimes the market forces the change. Sometimes the company comes around and that's what happened with Uber Eats. I I don't have a lot of faith in DoorDash coming around but you never know. You know? So you know the thing is ultimately the information that DoorDash provides is fantastic. The earnings can be good. And especially when things are really busy, DoorDash can be a great place to go. If you go out and do bike deliveries, I think DoorDash is great. Um, they, they they handle the bike delivery side better than anybody. At the same time, the lack of reliability in the apps, that's a problem. Some of the stuff with, uh, with their pricing, and, and really they try and get away with paying less than anybody else, and that's a problem. And so... The thing is, I mean, there there's some stuff that I love about DoorDash. There's stuff that I just really hate. It just drives me crazy. And and there are times where I would just almost say, "You know what? DoorDash is like postmates to me. I'm I'm done with them." The thing is, they're they're the main player. They're the leader out there. They've got more deliveries than anybody else. I think my guess is Uber Eats is going to catch them. That's just my prediction. I think I see how serious they've been at making improvements and and I think you're going to see it play out. But that's just My speculation. But the thing is, is when they are where they are, you want to keep them in the arsenal. You don't want to burn the bridge there. The micromanaging, it can be irritating, but I think that's one of the reasons that they moved to the front of the class, that they focus more on delivering and and actually creating a good customer experience. And that's part of why they do the micromanaging. And so I think that's going to keep them in the lead for a while. In the end, they're like everybody else. I love them. I hate them beauty is we're independent contractors so we can choose the things we love about one and we choose the things we love about another and work with them together we get to make the decisions and as i wrap up that's kind of what i always wrap up with is you get to make the decisions that's what i encourage you to do be the boss